The stories of some of the world's greatest women unfold here. I am Annette Comer, your host, and each week, the untold secrets of success, strength, and boldness of today's powerful women are revealed. This woman grew up in an upscale family of doctors. From an early age, she had a leadership mentality. She would organize things and create PowerPoint presentations to go after what she wanted. And she loved pets and for a while seemed to be obsessed with them. But she was also fascinated by plants and botanicals. She turned her college dorm room into an apothecary and created a clean beauty line. In her senior year, she launched the Labruna Skincare line and a year later secured a big account with a major department store. She is now walking a path to greatness as she continues to discover what it takes to build a worldwide brand and a company to support it. It is my pleasure to introduce you to Nina LaBruna. Hi, Nina. Thank you for joining me today. Hi, Annette. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited and honored to be on this podcast, and I really appreciate that beautiful introduction. Well, you're a beautiful woman, and we have such a limited time together, so let's jump right on in. So you are no stranger to rejection as you got rejected by hundreds of companies as you tried to sell your skincare line. So how do you deal with rejection so it doesn't defeat your spirit and drive to succeed? That's a great question. Um, You know, I think of it kind of as a numbers game, especially when you're in a business like this. Um, So I used to, when I just started my company, go around from store to store with my backpack of samples and brochures and just speak to different companies, different stores, try to pitch my brand. And of course, time after time, I got no responses or I got no's. And, uh, you know, it's very easy to get discouraged from that and to kind of feel defeated. But I tried to look at it as, well, if I just keep going and just keep pushing and I hit that reach of 100 or 200, I know I'm going to get a spot because I was confident in who I was and who my, and what my brand is, what my products are. So I just um, you know, tried to kind of keep pushing past that and deal with rejection, not as a, a negative or a determine or as a defeatment, but as a catalyst to keep myself going forward and to ultimately reach that yes and that acceptance and that point that I wanted to get to. So I'm going to stay here for a second because I think so many women, especially driven women, uh, struggle with rejection because they are so driven. And when somebody says no, it doesn't make them stop, but it does ding them a little bit. Did you feel that little bit of a ding as well? Were you able to deflect it and not take it personally? Of course. I think that's only human nature and natural. Um, It's okay to feel disappointed and to feel saddened and to, you know, get a little discouraged. That's only normal and natural. But I think what I did differently was instead of letting that take me on a perpetual negative spiral down and make me feel, you know, um, self-doubt, I stopped it when I felt that feeling. I recognized it and I said, well, no, I'm not going to let that feeling perpetuate into something bigger and something more. Yeah, I think that's that's great wisdom. So when you started your business, you told me you had no idea what you were doing. And many businesswomen often feel this way. I even feel this way myself still after all these years. So what was your approach and attitude through it all that finally led to a successful skincare line in a major department store? You know, I think um, for me, I just took it one step at a time. And 
when I look at the bigger picture of where I want to get to and what I want to do, it, it seems immense and overwhelming. Um, but when I first started, I just was really passionate. You know, I started making this skincare because I loved making product. I like being crafty. I like making things for myself that I can use and enjoy. So when it first started, it was really just about passion. Um, but I took that passion and you know, just took baby steps one day at a time. And I kind of had this bigger vision in mind of what I wanted to accomplish, but I didn't let that overwhelm me yet. I said, you know, let me just one day at a time, get these five to 10 things done. Let me set small goals. And I made it, um, you know, accessible. So, you know, and, and in this, I'll share with something, and I'd like to have your perspective on this for myself, I have done the same thing. And what I have found Nina is that if I don't focus too hard on the big picture, but I do what I can do each day, then it becomes clear what I need to do the next day. So it's like a, it's like a staircase. hundred percent. Yeah. It's like climbing a mountain. Another metaphor I thought of um, for that is kind of like it's a puzzle. So what I'm doing is I'm, I'm outlining the outside of a puzzle board right now. And slowly I'm going to fill in the centerpieces and I'm going to create the complete and full image. But what I'm doing is just getting myself organized. I'm putting, you know, the specific colors and section of that puzzle into one area. I'm, you know, making the outline organized and just taking it day to day, day, day by day, essentially. Well, in that, it's interesting because as the puzzle analogy, it's, you start off thinking what you know what the picture is going to look like. Mm-hmm. But as it starts to come together, sometimes it changes, doesn't it? Totally. Yeah. I, I think for me, like I have this bigger picture and sense of what I want, but it's, com- it's not formed. It's not complete yet. And every day there's some, or every week, every month, it shifts a little bit. And I think that's kind of the beauty of growing a business or um, growing anything in this world is that it doesn't stay stagnant. It's not, you know, one, it doesn't, it does change over time. It does develop and blossom. And sometimes that development and change is actually even more beautiful and even better than what you originally imagined. So I think some people um, maybe get a little freaked out about change, but you know, people that are driven like you and I, uh, if we didn't have change, we would be bored to tears, wouldn't we? Yeah. And it's kind of funny because I actually am someone who gets freaked out about change. Like I'm, I'm, (laughs) I'm a very organized person. And that has been one of the biggest things I've had to work on because I do have this desire to succeed. And I do have this drive in me, but at the same time, I get very anxious when there's change. So that's one thing that I've really learned through this is that um, it's okay for that path to go and lead you somewhere else. You don't have to stay on that one path that you originally set yourself to go on because maybe that fork in the road that leads you in a different direction is actually where you're supposed to end up and where you're supposed to go. And that's one thing I've just let myself feel and do and and relax into and just kind of to go with the flow. Um, I like to think of it as kind of like a water channel. Like you just have to sit and be present and be proactive, but also allow the universe and the energy to guide you in that right direction. And if you're a control freak, that's not comfortable, is it? <laughs> no, it's not. But it, that's definitely something I've learned and I'm getting better at. And um, just kind of trusting my gut and, and trusting the, the universe and knowing that when there is change, that may just only be... Um, a way for a bigger opportunity and um, something even better to come into place. So something you can't see yet, perhaps. 
Exactly. And that's okay. You don't have to always see the future. Um, You can just trust that if you keep your positive, your energy positive, your attitude positive, if you keep working hard, most likely you'll, you'll have a good outcome. Yeah. And if not, you'll figure that out as well, won't you? Exactly. So we're talking about this, what you say to yourself. And we certainly, as driven women, well, women in general, we can be very hard on ourselves with our self-talk. But you also told me that for you, self-talk is a perception game that a woman can make positive if she looks at herself as a friend. So I want you to explain what you mean by this and how this works to keep your self-talk positive. Well, I think we can be very hard on ourselves, everyone, uh, whether you're driven or not. It's it's easier to be um, negative and criti- critical on yourself than it is to others. So that's one thing that I am working on in myself, too, because I can get critical and I can be judgmental and I can be very hard on myself and, um, you know, never feel like I'm doing enough or getting enough done or being the best version of myself. But if I keep those expectations up, I'm never going to be satisfied. I'm never going to be happy. So I think it's a balance between wanting to achieve, wanting to, you know, motivate myself and be and challenge myself, but at the same time, also appreciate and love the things that I do. And um, I remember I had a teacher once say that to me, it was in a yoga class, talk to yourself. And when you have these um, conversations internally, instead of being critical and judgmental, imagine that you're talking to a friend or someone you love, a family member, and, and speak to that, speak to yourself as you would speak to them with the same love, compassion, um, acceptance, and a little bit more of a non-judgmental attitude. And is that what you've learned to do? Of course. And I still, you know, catch myself being harsh on myself. That doesn't just disappear, but it's a, it's a work in progress and I'm going to work on it for the rest of my life. You know, it's never going to be perfect. Um, But I think the fact that I can acknowledge it now and start to put those practices into place, hopefully in the future, I can, be more compassionate and just have more self-love and get rid of the criticism um, as much as I can. Well, and I think in that space is a place that we can find joy because otherwise, like you say, you're never satisfied. It's a, it's a constant place of stress when you're constantly judging yourself and saying you're not good enough. And why didn't you, why wouldn't you this? Why wouldn't you that? Particularly women that are listening that are mothers you know, they do this to themselves all the time when they're trying to run their companies and raise their children. Yeah. A woman said the other day, she never feels good at anything. If she was having that conversation with a friend, as you describe it, I'm sure it would be quite different. Exactly. A hundred percent. And I think that's one of my big, that is my biggest fear in life is that I'm never going to be happy with the things I accomplish, that I'm always going to want more, that I'm never going to be satisfied with what I have gotten done. And that's a scary feeling because, you know, am I going to feel, I want to feel satisfied. I want to feel content. I want to feel proud of myself. So um, exactly. Yeah. Just kind of taking a step back sometimes, looking at it from an outside perspective and imagining if I were not myself and I was a friend to me, how I would feel, what I would say, because I know that I would be proud of a friend who were in my situation. So if you were talking to the other, which which you are talking to the other young women business owners out there, 
what advice would you tell them? Because they're going to be struggling with the same things you've struggled with for sure. Right. So there's a few things I think um, starting when you're really young that can be complications, but can also be positives. Um, So one of them is that, you know, I have lack of experience in a lot of ways because I started when I was only 21. Um, So I hadn't had that core. I had some internships that I was involved in. I had worked as a babysitter. I was working as a yoga instructor, but I hadn't been working in a corporate setting or in the beauty industry before. So a lot of what I had to learn, I had to learn on hand. So that was the, the biggest thing for me was just kind of pushing through it um, and taking the nuggets of wisdom that I learned, the pieces of information I learned to kind of form my company and to form, um, you know, all of the the things that I, the, the pieces of information that I needed to keep going forward in order to become successful. And I think that is challenging because maybe if I had some prior experience, I would have been able to, you know, ignite the company even faster. But um, I don't regret anything. I'm so happy I started it when I did. And maybe the other thing too would just be um, a lot of alone time. So when you also are a sole owner, and this isn't just because I'm young, but when you're starting your own company, when you're starting your own endeavor, you're going to be spending a lot of time alone. Um, So just kind of actually building a small team. So I do have a small team around me now of some interns. I brought on a girl as a business partner um, and having people that I can have, you know, talk to, get feedback on, get some advice on, because sometimes um, it is, it is a little daunting when you feel like you're the only person in that business or with the passion for what you're doing. So it's nice to share it with others, to get their advice, to get their input and take that and then put it back into the company the way you would like to see it flourish. Yeah, I think that's great. And and it's um it is a lonely place. Whether you're young or whether you're middle-aged or whether you're old, when you're building something, uh, you know, most of your family really don't want to hear all the details. Right. And yeah. and some of your friends think you're absolutely nuts for doing it to begin with. And and so it can be very lonely until you find those common souls that understand your passion. And, and are willing to give advice and support, for sure. So often we look for solutions to a problem on Google or other places. And you did this when you were trying to find a name for your skincare line. So what did you discover during this process that surprised you? And what do other leaders need to know? So that's a great question, too. Um, I think one beautiful thing with just work and And whether you have your own company or you're working in a different uh, business capacity um, is just sometimes you have these moments of epiphany or just I call them like moments of reward. And it is kind of like the puzzle piece analogy. You know, when you're putting all the pieces together and all of a sudden you see the picture and you know what it's supposed to look like, you know what it's supposed to represent. And that's how the name came to me. I was spending a lot of time looking up beautiful words, um, trying to, you know, feel that that word resembled my company. I spent days and days and hours just researching all of these different phrases and different languages and nothing really spoke to me. You know, I said, okay, that, that word is beautiful. Um, but you know, like I love Japanese words, uh, like Pelotro, the the way the earth smells after it rains, but I myself am not Japanese and there wasn't a connection to the Japanese culture. So, um, I of course didn't want to do that. And I didn't, you know, feel like, 
it was completely speaking to my company. So in a moment of epiphany, I said, look, Bruna, that is my last name. And that's me. And it's a nice word. It's easy to say. And it kind of hit me there. And I think that's really cool that whether it's, you know, work or relationships or life in in every setting of your life, you do have these moments where the answer is right in front of you most of the time. And you just don't always see it. It's, um, it's right there and you can be looking for it forever. So I thought that was really cool. Just that, that my company name was there in front of me the whole time. And I had been spending weeks, months trying to find it, but it was there. And I'm so happy that that's what I ended up deciding to go with. So I think the the message in that, and see if you agree with me on this, the message to all those listening is that when we're struggling with something, instead of pushing harder, sometimes it's good just to be quiet Uh and let that epiphany moment bubble up to the surface. Because when we're pushing so hard and there's so much noise, we sometimes can't hear what the answer is. Completely. I agree with that 100%. Um, And to kind of go even further into that point, uh, sometimes I feel like back to that uh, discussion we were talking about before, where you're just always thinking, you're always feeling like you need to be doing something. I've learned it's really important for me to step back sometimes and to relax and to give myself a moment of like, I've worked hard today. I can relax tonight because if I don't do that, I don't recharge my creativity battery. I don't, I don't recharge my, um, my battery to, to want to work. So, and sometimes in those moments of relaxation or those vacation moments, that's actually when you have your, your epiphanies. So it is really important that while you do want to work hard and be driven and succeed, you do step back, you relax, you breathe, you do your yoga, you go on your vacations. Um, because those moments of stepping inside and, and looking internally will actually help ignite your success and goals and future endeavors as well. So even though it feels like you're being lazy, it's, it's really not, is it? It's another part of the process. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Because yeah, we sometimes can beat ourselves up, like you said, feel like we're not doing something. Now, why yeah. am I just sitting here? Right. I have that feeling all the time. So when I do relax and when I do take time for myself, I have to remind myself I'm not being lazy. I'm not being unproductive. I need this time so that I can function at my best when I do have my time to work, that I can be a better friend, that I can be a better partner, that I can be a better um, businesswoman. I do need this time for myself too. Yeah. And I think that's uh, extremely wise. And I'm glad to see you're already discovering that at such a young age, because sometimes women go an entire lifetime. And what happens at the end, they burn themselves out and there's nothing left. And, yeah, I've and seen that too. And that's, it's, it's not a pretty picture, is it? No, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> so you have big goals of where you want your company to go. Yet many people will tell you to slow down as you are too young, or that you need to not dream so big. So how do you keep others' perception of what is right for you from derailing your dreams? That's also a really great question. Um, You know, I have to say, I've had so much amazing support through this process. So I definitely feel that. But as you said, there have been many people who have also in some ways tried to discourage me or, and not because they're trying to be malicious, but because they they themselves couldn't imagine doing something as big as I hope to achieve. So they're trying to put their, you know, honest input in. Um, 
And I remember when I first started, I had a family friend who actually said to me, oh, why would you do that? Why would you go into the beauty industry? That's so competitive. You're, you're never going to succeed there. Do something that's less competitive. Do something that's easier. Um, and that did sting a little bit, but I also expected that. I expected, you know, people to, to say that. And of course, she was just trying to be, um, you know, helpful in her way. But I, I think, um, yeah, it's, you have to take people's advice and their, their thoughts. And there are amazing people out there. I've also gotten wonderful advice from leaders, superiors, teachers, from mentors, and I've taken that to heart. But I think just kind of making a, a, a bucket or a bubble of all of these different bits of information and advice that you get um, is really good. But then taking all of that and, and letting it imprint you in the way that you um, feel is best. So not taking one person's advice 100%, not taking another person's advice 100%, taking nuggets and pieces of it and working it into your favor. When you said something that uh, I think is really wise, and I want to I want to stick with it just for a second, and that is that you recognize that the advice sometimes that people give you is is they're looking for the best for you, but they're also coming from a perspective of something they would never do themselves, and I think that's a really important point, and it's and it's important distinction point because it says that you need to be careful who you ask advice from. Because if you ask advice from someone that's never walked that path, they may never think of to walk that path. It may be so out far outside their comfort zone, or uh, they may be totally comfortable where they are, and they can't imagine you wanting something more. Definitely. So I think that's a really good point. It's something that everyone needs to be thinking about of who they take advice from. Definitely. And in that particular instant, I wasn't even asking for advice. That was <laughs> me, you know? So sometimes people are just going to tell you that their thoughts and opinions and I like to think of that, you know, specific example as, um, you know, there was some advice. Yes, it is a competitive industry. That is something I had to be aware of and think of. And I had to think of how I was going to differentiate myself. So when someone says something that you just don't agree with, there typically is still something in there that you can take away that's positive, that may have some beneficial um, point to, to help you. So that's what I try to do when I, when I feel like that information or advice won't really help me, but there is something in there. Um, What is it that they said? There must be something that I can take that's positive and the other stuff I'll kind of let go. And eventually I'll have a big bucket of wisdom and advice from all the different people that I've collected it from. That will work well for you. Exactly. Yes. That would work well for me. So as a young business leader, what would your generation like the world to know? you can succeed anything. Um, you can succeed as long as you have that drive, determination, passion, and love for whatever you're doing. Um, I think this generation, there's more niche companies. There's less of these big corporations. Um, and I think that's really great because now there's different companies catering to different people's needs. So my company, for example, offers vegan, sustainable, natural alternatives to skincare. Um, you know, a few decades ago, that didn't really even exist. So I think just finding your niche, finding what you're passionate about and what you love and using that as a catapult to propel you forward um, and take you onto a road of success. Um, there will be, you know, people that want that. And you just have to get that message across. You have to get the message of whatever you're doing that's different or specific to you across to that consumer. Yeah, for sure. 
So Nina, is there anything about your journey to greatness that we haven't covered that you'd like to share with other women? Um, I think the, the biggest thing that I've learned and that I would want to, you know, tell people is that you don't have to be like the most, you know, successful, smartest, genius person to find success and to have um make a difference. You just need to have that determination, you need to have that passion. Um and that anything really is possible, you know, as long as you set these bigger goals, but also have small goals along the way, that as long as you stick to them, as long as you really have that passion behind you, nothing is impossible. You can achieve whatever, you know, you set your mind and heart to. Um, and I think whoever's listening to this podcast or is trying to make um, steps to achieve greatness for themselves is already on that journey and is already in that going in that direction. Um, so you do have the tools, you do have the ability to do it. Um, you know, it just requires that determination, that focus, um, and that passion. And some of the things that we've talked about today, the positive self-talk, the kindness to yourself, the yes. careful of who you take advice from, all those nuggets of wisdom that we've discovered today uh, through your own journey at, yes. at such an early age. And I can't wait to see how your journey is going to unfold for sure. I have no doubt it's going to continue to be an incredible success. And I really appreciate you coming and sharing with me today, Nina. Oh, that's so sweet. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. And um, I appreciate what you're doing. And I love that you are have this podcast where women can, you know, show their different nuggets of wisdom. Um, I love listening to all of the different stories and women. It's really inspirational. So thank you as well for everything you're doing. And Nina is another great example of how women are challenging the norm, making things happen, and demanding their own greatness. So join me next time on the World's Greatest Women Show as another powerful woman's story unfolds. 